You're listening to the Roll for Crit podcast. Today, we're going to talk about card games, board games, tabletop games of all variety, news, games we've been playing, games that are coming out in the future. It's Thanksgiving, so we're thankful that you're listening this week. My name is Jonathan Estes. I'm Will Keeler, and yeah, there is a lot of things to prep for Thanksgiving, but we're still going to give you this podcast because... We know you love to listen to this as much as we love recording it. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you're listening to this on a on a drive or a trip to, to a relative's house, or maybe you're listening to it uh, at the dinner table because <laughs> you don't want to talk to your family. All the cook prep. That's one you got to put on this. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have the podcasts on for cooking L- like I would know, like, I, like I've ever <laughs> cooked. A, I cook some things. You should try it sometime. I, I cook some things, just not, you know, simple. I cook simple things. Anyway, before we get into the show process, Proper. Of course, listeners may know we have to deal with the mascot of our show, character we created in Dungeons and Dragons format named Roland F. Criterion, who every week has some sort of an adventure that he's got to deal with. And we're going to roll a d20 to resolve it. And if if you recall, he had been stranded in the in the snow, desolate winter wasteland and heard some voices afar and impressed them with his music. I think was that what he did? Did he he use music to impress them? <laughs> I don't know if it was music, a character music, or just jumping out shouting like "Here I am." <laughs> he did something charismatic. I it's, it's only it was a week ago and I forgot. Uh, but this week they've accepted him. Uh, they, they've they've generously accepted him into their into their family. That much I do know. And of course they're having a feast in the Thanksgiving tradition. So what Roland has to do is offer up his services to help prepare this meal somehow. He's got to provide some aid. Otherwise, you know, that would just be rude if he didn't. Uh, And we got to figure out exactly how that's going to work. And to do so, as well as to discuss many other things this week, we have an awesome guest joining our party this week. She's the host of the Blue Peg Pink Peg podcast. Welcome to the show, Christina Rouse. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Very happy that you're here. We need your your spirit, your energy will get okay. us through this podcast. We are thankful that you're here. I'm going to use that every opportunity I, I get <laughs> this week. So it falls upon uh, you and Will, your your suggestions as to how you think Roland, our Asamar Bard character, Mm-hmm. Might be able to use his skills. And by the way, he leveled up to level two. Listeners oh, good. of our uh, Patreon podcast <laughs> uh, will know that he he learned a couple of new spells and abilities. Uh, and, and perhaps he'll be able to make use of them. Will, what did he learn? <laughs> you guys remember this, Andy? He learned, uh, oh, Bart. Oh, he learned some support spells. He can like help heal people, I think, or give them extra dice. Oh, yes. Okay. And of course, uh, as a just as racial trait, he can make uh, pretty little lights. <laughs> yes, you can make pretty lights. <laughs> Those that uh, that should come in handy, maybe somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you what do you think, Christina? Any? Well, well, I think because he's a bard, and they're getting ready to have a feast. Is that right? That's right. That's um, right. Yes, they're feasting. So I feel like typically when you feast, you have some background entertainment going on, right? Mm-hmm, of so, course. So I feel like he's going to get out his hand drum, right? I believe he has one of those. <laughs> oh, no, no, he does. He does. Um, and entertain the room with his um, hand drum and maybe with his new skill of being helpful, um, he can maybe heal the cook who might have or might not have caught their hands on fire. 
<laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, this is the it's the D and D equivalent of listening to a podcast. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just what we're talking about. And of course, it sounds like this this chef might have accidentally fried the turkey uh, without yes. paying too much attention. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it's like uh, you know, it's like on a boat when everybody's rowing and. S- so one guy has to like beat the drums to keep the rhythm. <gasps> yes, yes. Yeah. So he's he's the he's the hype guy for the the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the, the kitchen crew <laughs> making this feast. All right, Will, you want to roll right, that d twenty? Let's see if he's able to uh, find the right notes for this. <laughs> well, it's a twelve, but I believe that adds charisma, which keeps him. Uh, yeah, I yeah. Think. We'll we'll go ahead and add charisma. <laughs> we always oh, okay. do. <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> Performance, uh, or I suppose, yeah, for, which would bring him up to an eighteen. I mean, he's he knows what he's doing. I think he made sure that there was a bountiful meal. No mistakes were made. And yes, his new uh, as a bonus action, I think he would use bardic inspiration uh, to give an inspiration die to <laughs> to the cooks to make it even better. Why wouldn't he? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can all, you always need a little extra spice on everything you eat, so. Yeah, we did. We did good here. Good, good job, Roland. This bodes well for the rest of the show. Uh, You do. You ever play board games with anybody on Thanksgiving, Christina? Oh, my gosh. We are, as I'm sure you all are as well, the people that your family looks to 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 be the ones to bring the games. Right. Like so you're responsible. A lot of pressure that goes with that. Um, But we always bring the games with family get togethers and Thanksgiving is obviously one of those times. So. We are currently trying to figure out what to bring <laughs> um, to our family get together. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough call for for uh, I, I think for us it's they don't want us to bring any games. Yeah, so. it's <laughs> more of like it's okay, you you can leave those downstairs. I think I've gotten away with apples to apples. Mm-hmm. It's probably the farthest I've gotten. Like most yeah. of the time, people just want to like walk around, watch football, mm. ch- chat. Meanwhile, I'm like, can we just play something? Oh, I'm standing in the corner. <laughs> yeah, we've we've gotten pretty good with knowing, like reading the room. And so we bring a lot of like monikers and insider and just one to kind of get people together to play games, but not overwhelm them in the sense we Rob and I do that later after everyone goes to sleep. We'll we'll play a, a deeper, heavier two player game. Yeah, those are good picks. This this year I'm gonna be with some family I don't always see every year. So maybe I'll maybe I'll try my luck again. We'll see if anyone will play something with me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, roll the dice, ahead. see what happens. That's right. That's right. To roll for crit, as they say. Oh, I got 19, Jonathan, so I think uh, you'll oh. do pretty well. Whoa, whoa. This is an unsanctioned die roll. I didn't say roll it again. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. That sounds good. Uh, well, if you're listening to this and whether or not you have anyone to play games with, we'll talk about games beginning with uh, some board game news in the news roundup. News roundup. Okay. We have some... Very fun, silly stories this week, and one story that's not fun or silly <laughs> at mm. all. And that's the one we're going to start off with to get it out of the way. And it centers around Games Workshop, the publisher behind Warhammer 40K, very popular miniatures, battle game, and a very dark, grim dark, some might call it, sci-fi world. And there was a tournament, a Warhammer tournament in Spain, which had, uh, they say, around 800 uh, people in attendance. And there was a, an incident reported by a blog from a guy, uh, I believe, named Lewis Ed. At least that's the moniker he puts on this blog post. 
And he was talking about, he wrote this entire post. It's in Spanish, so I read it in Google Translate. So forgive me if any of these details aren't 100% correct. But uh, there is one participant in the tournament who has a nickname that goes on leaderboards and all this stuff that has been participating and was happened to be at this particular event uh, that translates to Austrian painter. And essentially it's a, it's a thinly veiled reference to Adolf Hitler. And he, at this event was wearing a few pieces, a few symbols and emblems that are associated with neo-Nazis. And the blog is about how, you know, there was no response from anybody uh, uh, from Games Workshop. They didn't kick him out. He's been allowed to participate, all this stuff, and how this has been a problem in some parts of the community. Since then, Games Workshop did publish a statement. It was a few weeks after this blog post, emphasizing that they're not about hate and that they hope no one takes the things in their game literally and doesn't actually mm -hmm. identify with these horrible murderous armies that you're controlling and tried to emphasize that people who if you're running a tournament you know we give you every right to kick people out we want to know we want to make sure this is a safe welcoming community and that's mm -hmm. where we're at now so christina i don't know what, what do you what do you think about all all, all these issues I, I hope that it's not something you have ever personally had experience with but how do you feel about this, the possibility for something like this at a tournament? And what do you think about Games Workshop's response? Do you think that this has been, you think that's yeah. enough on their end? I mean, I think even though it might not happen to you personally, this kind of thing definitely happens in our industry, right? Um, we've seen it in stories that have come out of late, just experiences people have had that have not been stellar in the manner of representing the hobby in a really positive way. So um, I think it definitely happens. The fact that it happened at such a large event is kind of surprising. Um, you know, if it, a tournament with 800 people and supposedly this individual is pretty, it sounds like they're pretty, you know, notorious of going to a lot of these tournaments. So it's not like they showed up first time and people were like, oh, I wonder who this is. Like, it sounds like they've kind of done this repeatedly. Um, that's, I don't know, it's just not a really good look. I think not necessarily for Warhammer, but just, you know, the tournament group itself that, you know, set up the event. So I think the, the, the response they had was entirely appropriate, you know, when, especially if people are asking like, you know, what are you going to do about this? What's, what's your stance on things? You definitely have to step up to the table and, and say what kind of environment and space you want your gamers to have. Um, so I appreciate that they came forward and said, look, this isn't what we stand for. This isn't what we represent. And bad actors do need to be called out and, you know, told to exit um, because, Gaming needs to be a place that's safe for everybody. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate it happened, but I think it it what's great it, this it's not great that it happened, but what's great is that people are identifying that when these things happen, it's not okay, and that we need to do something about it. So, I think I've seen that shift quite a bit lately. Yeah, it's, it's always, and it shouldn't be at this point, honestly. But for me, it's always. <laughs> right 
sort of sobering when these things crop up to be like, you know, I, I, I like to think that in the board game community, this kind of thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, obviously it's, I don't think any community is really safe from it. And yeah, it, one of the things in the blog that this uh, writer lamented was that he felt like he was the only one talking about it at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if how much of it maybe has to do with, again, it, this took place, this tournament was in Spain um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that this, this culture and the, the, the things associated with, with these negative symbols permeates like the world. I think it's right. pretty ubiquitous, but I don't know as an American, I don't know. Will, what do you, what do you think? You think there's any possibility of a cultural difference that might have done something with here i, I don't want to be i guess i won't ask don't answer that if you don't want to because i don't want you to <laughs> yeah, like no, you're I, offend I don't think it's i don't think it's cultural in the sense of like spanish culture versus american culture as much as like this is not a major sport this is even a niche within the mm. tabletop community mm. in a uh, a uh, competition in another language so it's gonna um, disperse, you know, a little bit slower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just think it's, and I mean, the internet is a very fast place. It speeds up everything, but that would be my guess. I mean, you even said, Jonathan, you found out and read it through uh, Google Translate. Right. You know, <laughs> it's not the biggest. Yeah, thing. it's since been reported on in English by other people, and of course, Warhammer. I mean, even in Warhammer, sorry, not uh, Games Workshop statement, they don't oh, yeah, actually acknowledge. Uh, no, I mean, same thing. <laughs> they don't actually acknowledge the this event. The, the, it almost seems like they're like they don't actually say what they're responding to, which is mm. a little weird. It's a little <laughs> weird. I understand also wanting to make one in this case, maybe make it like, look, this is the generic. Next time this happens, point to this post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to per- uh, completely pull them out of the fire because they've been doing some other things too, and more of just in general with Warhammer stuff. But yeah, I mean, this is something that need- should be stated. Unfortunately, we have to state it. And I'm surprised. Like I know, like I read one, was reading one thing how like yeah, the Warhammer universe very dark. I mean, the Imperium of Man does have things that we would not be very proud of mm-hmm. actually happening in the real world. That doesn't give you the right to actually support in real life. Like if I'm playing magic, that doesn't let me actually throw fireballs at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There, yeah. There, there, there should be a line that hopefully you could see where yeah. like, yeah, it is interesting. Cause I'm not in that world at all. I mean, I have no feet, no toes in the Warhammer mm-hmm. or, or miniature space. Uh, so I n- it never occurred to me that, but from what I've read, people have said that in certain sects of the community, this, this can be an issue because the wrong people associate with these characters. Mm. Yeah. I, I could see it, but it's, it's sort of like when someone doesn't realize it's like, it's so dark. That's why there's so many great par- Warhammer parodies because these characters are like beyond <laughs> right like in just their their craziness <laughs> yeah yeah but well hopefully going forward uh they they stick to that statement mm-hmm. and they're open to people talking about this and i i mean I, I again i haven't heard any i didn't see an official statement that like this guy has been banned or anything yeah mm-hmm. i would i would like to see that that would be a right. uh, a good or, start or at least tell him that like look you're welcome to participate in the tournament, but you not like this. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, you know, if, if, if 
whatever reasoning they have for doing what they did was, well, this is my character, you know. Um, okay, well, not here. Like this, no, read the room and also be mindful about what you're putting out there. Like, I, I can't imagine someone leaving their house going, yes, this is a good idea. Like, here I go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe re- read the, the time period. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wild and, and sad. And it's, it's, well, it's all just a reminder that it's like, I knew this stuff has been cropping up, up in the United States. I didn't realize it was also, I, I mean, mm. I should have, I suppose, worldwide happening, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's upsetting. Maybe part of it too, is that again, like he didn't, the, the symbols that he had were not, it, they weren't like swastikas. They were like the, the guy in the blog was said he had to Google it, you know? So maybe, maybe a lot of people just didn't honestly didn't notice it. Yeah. Mm. But there comes a point. I feel like if, because it, the thing I read said multiple people were had, were forced to forfeit. They didn't want to play him. If like mm. you notice it, that's like, Oh, he's not doing anything. And meanwhile, the guy's like covered with Cheeto dust in his hands. And like, <laughs> you know, I just feel like there's certain stuff signs that it, like even if i have to google the name if you realize like oh wait that's the name of mm-hmm. this famous nazi group or something like uh military yeah. then i realize he has that symbol and then the colors like yeah yeah it's not an excuse but it, it could be a partial explanation as to why it's taken this long maybe mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. but anyway we will see how that all goes at least they put out a statement so that's that's a step in the right direction and right. now on to the fun stories. Yay. <laughs> we got through every, everybody. We got through Thanks. the serious, important stuff. Get that out of the way. Let's hit the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So so acknowledge that. Be aware of that. That's important. Now we can goof off a little bit. Here's uh, an announcement that came about just in time for Thanksgiving that I thought was pretty interesting. Baked Potato Games, they publish a lot of uh, silly party games. Mm-hmm. They do the Blockbuster game and, s- and several others. They have a new endeavor, which is actually out right now, that they're calling Big Screen Games, uh, that are games that you play on your TV via a device or a website uh, on a device, such as a phone or a laptop. And they're party games that you can play around TV with anybody. They have three to begin with uh, that are based on their existing games, a herd mentality, can of squirms and scrawl. Mm. So there's like word game there's a drawing game in there uh but the the reason i find this interesting is because if any of this sounds kind of familiar to anybody it's Mm -hmm. probably because you've played the jackbox party pack games (laughs) right (laughs) and uh, as far as i can tell this is the first time there's really been a competitor in that space Mm-hmm. Like Jackbox has really kind of dominated that. They've kind of invented that style of game and have been running with it, especially during the last year when everyone was stuck at home. It became even bigger. Uh, Christina, does this, I mean, are you a Jackbox fan? And do you think this has a potential to be something that could complement uh, or replace Jackbox games? Yeah. So I, I didn't mention that when we get together with our family, we play a lot of Jackbox games because yeah. it's in that ilk of you it's fun you don't have to have a lot of thought behind it it brings everybody together but in a different kind of manner using a different platform so we play a lot of jackbox games and they've always been a really big hit with any group we've introduced them to so when i saw this news i was like the first thing i said was like okay jackbox like what (laughs) um i don't know i think it's gonna be tough for them 
to find, I think what they would have to do is find games that are so different from what is already accessible on Jackbox to be able to compete or at least stand out with what Jackbox has going on. And they have a ton of party packs, Jackbox does. So I don't, I'd be intrigued to see actually how it plays and is it similar or different to what's currently already out there? Yeah, I I think they have a couple of things to their advantage, but I won't. I before I say them, I want to ask Will what he thinks if 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 there's anything about this, or even just personally to you. Like, does this seem like you would like? I'm sure you would give it a shot if asked. But yeah, I mean, I've played a couple of their games, and I could easily see it working well with this TV format. I also feel like. Even though Jackbox exists, I don't think, I think, I I guess in my mind, these could still sit side by side the same way that, um, you know, Arkham Horror and Ticket to Ride sit side, like, I know those aren't similar games, but, (laughs) like, I just imagine, like, it'd just be another, this would almost be, like, another, like, third-party Jackbox. Mm. Though, the one thing I would like to see them do that would make them, at least to me, stand out a bit more from Jackbox. Is with Jackbox, you have to buy pack six. Mm. In this, I think would be. Uh, I don't. I, it seems like that's what they're doing. But I would like to be like, you can just buy snakes. No, mm. uh, well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is how it works. That was. Oh, one it of, is. That was one of the things I was going to say. Um, they're not selling a game like er, they are. They're. They're not sell. It's not like you can buy this on Steam. It's through their website only, I believe, and you are um, playing via a website. So the thing that's on your TV is either using a smart TV or a laptop hooked up to mm-hmm. an HDMI cable, and you're all connected to a website. And it, I believe that the website is a launcher that you'll be able to add games to in the future, whether they be in bundles or individually, I don't know. But it doesn't seem like they're doing the model of number two, number three, number four. Uh, which I think is is cool because that is one thing I kind of wish Jackbox had because by the time now you've got eight of them, it's like, which one had this game? And now we got to load up mm-hmm. that one to play the one we like. Uh, and the other thing is I do think there, for people who play a lot of Jackbox, and there are some people who, again, especially in, in the last year, just play like all these games online a lot. Mm-hmm. I do think those people might be, you know, the games, I love Jackbox, but they can get tired of them. <laughs> they can get kind of right, old. right. The, if the if their games are different enough, which to be honest, the ones they started with seem pretty much in the same wheelhouse, <laughs> like they're not that outside the box. Um, but it could be something where people go, "Oh, this finally like a new kind of Jackbox game because we haven't played yet." So, yeah, it yeah. might be a little breath of fresh air for those that are tired of of the same old same old Jackbox. So I, I'm I'm intrigued. I don't think it's wrong for publishing companies to start thinking in this realm of platforms of maybe turning some of their games into more accessible, digitally accessible st- type of games. Because you know, to Will's point, I think you can have two people at the table offering the same kind of thing. Um, because people are going to cater to one or the other based on what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also feel, and maybe this is me uh, feeling a little bit old and pessimistic, that if I took two of the same games, but one of them was their digital version, like using your phone and stuff, I think I could get like my younger relatives more likely to play those mm-hmm. than versus just putting pieces of cardboard on a table. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely often true. Uh, I also am looking at their official website where you can buy this and even on <laughs> in their own description, it says like Jackbox TV, but with more potatoes. Oh. <laughs> so they're they're not even like shy about it. They're like, look, okay. it's Jackbox. <laughs> it's what now I, I really hope now the next Jackbox collection like goes back and has like a game all about potatoes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, there's right. your even more tie-in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's out there right now. It's 15 bucks to sign up and you get those these three games. Uh, maybe, maybe they might even add like a game or two for free. They, I think they could do interesting things with the website model. Like you could do for this week, the, the games are free mm-hmm. and then you have to sign up, you know, that, so I don't know, something to, something to think about, maybe give it a test run. Uh, yeah. Another new game announced is from Gale Force nine, who we really like. Uh, they, we have been happy with most of the games we played from them, including Firefly, the board game. They've done a few Firefly games. Um, They've they've reprinted Dune, the new version of Dune recently. They've got a whole bunch of things under their belt. And now they have a new title called Wise Guys, which is a 1920s Prohibition era game wherein players are all rival gangs and you're trying to control different territories and make the most money by selling off your booze at the black market. Uh, There's also an emphasis on negotiation and trading in the game. And this is the first... The very first game Gale Force 9 has ever uh, made, announced, published that is not a licensed title. Oh. So that's what uh, sticks out to me the most about this. It, it comes from, uh, I now I can't remember the name of the designer. I looked him up earlier. But uh, it's a guy who has done mostly bringing it back to miniatures games. Most of the stuff he's done is like World War II themed miniatures games, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is which is interesting to me. I don't, maybe he's um, co-designed or worked on the Phil Yates is his name, but uh, yeah, it's otherwise it's, it's Guild Force nine doing a prohibition era competitive game. Any of this sound, sound fun to you, Christine? Are you a Guild Force nine person? Um, I tend not to be just because typically I play things obviously with Rob, but um, we don't have a lot of Gale Force 9 titles. Um, You said this is their first, you know, independent, like not IP game wise guys. I think this Mm -hmm. is also called Boardwalk Empire, the game. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Um, Which I love that um, historical setting. That's like, I'm always drawn to that. So typically when games have that theme, Prohibition, gangsters, the whole kind of black market, shady dealing kind of things. I'm drawn to them. Um, I don't know what that says about me as a person, but anyway. (laughs) Um, So it does, it would be something that if I had access to it, I would definitely play it because it looks interesting. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a theme that is I don't think they're doing anything with it that's particularly fresh, to be mm. honest. <laughs> it's it, like you said, it's it's Boardwalk Empire. But <laughs> I do like the 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 trading aspect sounds interesting. You're allowed to pretty much at any time freely make deals with each other. And they explicitly state that future promises are non-binding. So mm. you could you could say, pay me 10 bucks or whatever, and I won't attack you next turn. And then you could just attack somebody. Mm. <laughs> you could totally lie and uh, betray people like that, which is the kind of thing I find fun. But I think it's not the kind of thing Will finds fun. But maybe he'll tell me. 
he does want to try it. I mean, I'll try. Just know that uh, I keep things outside the game. So be ready for whatever the next game we play is. <laughs> yeah, well, you just don't trade with that person anymore, I think, if, if they if they try to pull that one. Uh, but I mean, do you think that... Uh, I guess there's no reason that they couldn't make a good non-licensed game. A licensed game is just a game with a different theme on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I wonder, do you think there's any particular hurdles or I mean, I mean they don't have as much experience I guess marketing a game that's not doesn't sell itself because people already like aliens or whatever that's true but mm-hmm. I mean like you guys said I think this is a very um a safe bet romanticized I almost want to say mm-hmm. just like prohibition and stuff it's it's it, it, it's one that every, a lot of people do know about at least in America and it's like oh that's when the gangs are going on it's when this so like and what was happening there, you could say that's easy. Oh, that's territory control. That's resource management. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think it's uh, too hard. And it's based on real people. So you're not making right. up any names here. Right. There was, um, there was a game a couple of years ago um, called Speakeasy Blues that um, Artana put out. And it got overlooked, but it was all about prohibition and just kind of being the the biggest boss in the city. And it was doing a lot of really neat things that I liked. So I think, yes, they might have trouble marketing the game because the game title itself isn't going to pull people in. But the theme of it, I think people like. I think there's some deep-seated thing in people that they want to be shady gangsters. And so (laughs) (laughs) they will play. It's kind of like it's kind of got all the Wild West thing to it. Mm-hmm. We want to be free from the law or whatever. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. The one we, I, I remember that we really liked was the Opulent, which was a uh, another kind of that was yeah. Game. That was a bit more. You ran just the entire speaky. Wasn't person had to make sure the marketing, not marketing, right. like the band one had to run behind the bar and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that was from Black Locust Games, so I don't think exists anymore, sadly. Oh. Uh, but, but, but yeah, there's there's a few good uh, gangster games. Oh, there's the Godfather. We haven't tried that one. Eric Lang did a Godfather game. Oh, I, I haven't played that one either. Just give that a shot. But what was the name of the one you just said, Christina? Speakeasy Blues. Speakeasy Blues. I'll have to mm-hmm. look into that. All right. So that's coming soon, they say, but we don't know exactly when. I always like the end towards the end of the year because I can say every game will be coming 2022 because it's probably correct. <laughs> it's a safe <laughs> bet. Yeah, it's nice and easy. Uh, and last story relates to the world of television. If people weren't following Jeopardy over the last year, maybe you didn't know there's been a search for a new host and a lot of guest hosts that have been coming out. And there's been a lot of uh, back and forth and some controversy as to who would be the host. And one of the front runners, kind of at least, that people were really pushing for online was LeVar Burton, mm-hmm. formerly of Star Trek and Reading Rainbow. And uh, he did not get the job. But now, as it turns out, he is going to be hosting his own game show based on the board game Trivial Pursuit. And that's pretty much all we know about it right now. There hasn't been any other details as to exactly how that's going to work. But maybe, Christina, I don't know if you have a... Well, I mean, are you... I'm sure you're a LeVar Burton fan. Everybody Yes, <laughs> I I am a... And I'm going to show my age, probably. I'm a Reading Rainbows LeVar mm-hmm. Burton fan. Sure. Um, and so I... First of all, I was 
I was excited when he was potentially going to be the host of Jeopardy. Um, and then when that didn't pan out, I'm glad that this fell in his lap because I would be intrigued to see how the game show format plays out. I have thoughts about how they could make it work. But again, with all of the different game shows that exist in the world now, having to find something to make it just a little different, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question. Will, what are they going to do? <laughs> How do you do it? I I, I don't do know. Um, <laughs> I I mean, I want to see, but I, I've seen a lot of times when they're trying to make a board game into a game show, mm-hmm. and I don't know. But Trivial Pursuit, I feel like might work because it sort of is. Like I'm actually picturing the video game version, which is just a game show with rotating platforms that make things look very pretty and uh, very very <laughs> very generic avatars. I mean, is it like, uh, obviously they're answering trivia questions. I assume they will pick a category and they're mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, triangle wedges. <laughs> uh, like what makes this not just watching people play Trivial Pursuit? Maybe that's all it has to be. <laughs> Maybe you don't need to. Uh, I think it's pretty much going to be that, but with a lot more lights and sound effects. <laughs> right. Maybe a different color up. pattern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think the, for me, this is almost the best uh, scenario from all that stuff. Cause I think it's, it's cooler. I mean, it's not really an original game show. It's based on a board game, but I think it's cooler if LeVar Burton has his own game show that he can mm-hmm. kind of own mm-hmm. and be his own. He thing. is a, a producer on it as well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Executive pro- yeah. to produce it though. No network. I wonder, uh, I wonder if they're going to go to like cable network first or would they go straight to trying like something like Netflix, you know, streaming. I don't know. I, I would say that they might test it out on the streaming first. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't even know how many people still have cable. Like, <laughs> we don't have yeah. cable. So, um, mm. my my instinct would be that game shows might be one of the types of shows that still can do really well on cable because I feel like mm-hmm. people will just kind of, you know, click around and watch stuff like that. But yeah, there's. There, there could be a world where that's on something else. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, but that should be fun. Again, right now it's still early, but I bet it will be premiering sometime in 2022. <laughs> so we'll... A safe look, bet. <laughs> that's right. We'll look forward to that show. All right. That's the news for this week. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the world of crowdfunding. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's one. nice. It's I'll, nice. It's this one kickstarter kickstarter each of us has selected at least one project that we're interested in right now out there on kickstarter or elsewhere christina what's your what's your pick what do you got so when we were talking about um kickstarters i was trying really hard not to talk about the things we already just talked about on our show so i had to do a little research which was good for me because (laughs) Um, giving people the, making sure no one hears a repeat. Yeah. I got to give them the the fresh, the fresh information. Um, (laughs) so I also had taken a Kickstarter and crowdfunding hiatus just, you know, because I was noticing I was getting too many of those games delivered to me that I forgot I bought online. Um, (laughs) so I found one that I think well, I'm going to talk about it, but then I'm like trying to tell myself also not to back it. Uh, this game is called Snack Time. <laughs> um, it is pu- being published by Backfire Game Studio, designed by McKay Anderson, and the artist is Bodie H. And 
typically, if you were to just hear the game snack time, what would you guys think it would be about? Oh, eating uh, healthy cookies, snacks. chips, <laughs> apples. Yeah, like humans snacking on food, right? Well, snack time took it a little different twist on this game. And instead, you are actually a monster or an alien or some other creature um, in the sewer. And you are actually snacking on humans that walk by the sewer grates um, for (laughs) points. (laughs) So (laughs) I loved that twist on it just itself. And it's, it's a roll and write. And so basically... Um, players are going to roll dice and on these dice, they have like connectors, like think about connecting pipes um, in a sewer system. And so players roll these dice, they draw their pipe connectors on their their map and they're attempting to connect the pipes from the sewer to the pedestrian that's walking by so that they can eat them and (laughs) if as you eat pedestrians some pedestrians on the cards that come out have like authority will be notified if you if they get eaten um i guess either someone saw them get eaten or it's a missing person but when the authority is notified, there's potential that your monsters might get trapped or caught, um, and you have a limit to to how much risk you can roll in that sense. Um, but it looks really simple. It plays really quick in like 30 minutes, um, and it, it can be played with, the game says, infinite number of people. Um, so kind of one <laughs> of those welcome to style games where you can just play with a ton of folks. Um, it's nominally priced 25 bucks. It's running on Kickstarter right now, and it's got about 20 days left to go. Um, so if you're looking for a new light game that maybe you have to take to the holidays uh, with your family, I think snack time might be the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, I love the art style. It kind of reminds me of like old Nickelodeon shows. Mm-hmm. It looks like a looks like a Klasky Chupo. <laughs> However, you're supposed to say that joint. Uh, and I love that. I mean, this is a game essentially about connecting lines. They could have made it about anything, really, but they decided our game is about monsters eating people. <laughs> I, ah, respect I that. love it. I love it. Yeah. And then the video on the Kickstarter page is really endearing, too. There's a quote in there that says something like, um, how many uh, people can your monsters consume? And I was just like, if that's not a good tagline for a game, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you caught I, your eye on this one, too, Will, and thought it looked fun. Yeah. I don't remember when I did it. I'm like, I, you were not, I remember it. I just don't remember when. Like, <laughs> is, did they relaunch it or something? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think I it was love, recently. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a big fan of roll and rights. I just feel. They're very easy to bring up, and it's a fun st- challenge. It's also interesting. I'm, I feel like I'm getting a seeing a trend with a lot more rolling rights now. Like th- this one has, if you, uh, I believe, if you get too much authority, mm-hmm. you have to start crossing off monster parts because they get caught in essence. Right. So I feel like there's a lot more rolling rights coming out like that, where there's like you're not simply just writing the thing; you can lose it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a bit more careful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a fun twist. Lots of fun twists out there for the rolling rights. It, it's also coming out in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's a good time to come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, so back it now. That's snack time. Looks very fun. Looks cute. Great, great box art on that, too. Very eye-catching. Uh, Will, tell me, what's your pick? So uh, the one I picked is probably, I think, one of the biggest ones around now and that's pathfinder arena 
This is a game in which you're in a moving labyrinth. Literally, you'll be picking up tiles and sliding them, meaning that the rooms will change as you try to compete and prove to the labyrinth you should be the one let out by killing all the monsters in there and maybe <laughs> taking out some opponents as well. So as, I, as you can guess in the title, it's based all on the Pathfinder license and art, so you'll probably recognize some of the characters you can play as or at least I do from the art from the books and also the other Pathfinder uh, products. Mm -hmm. But this looks like a very fun sort of weird, it's, I guess it's still, it's not a dungeon crawl, but like the way you move around the map by sliding the tiles and compete against each other. And also all the combat, unlike what you'd expect for something based on Pathfinder, you're not rolling a whole bunch of dice. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. like, all right, I've got advantage and this, it's just, you got stat block, so they definitely really wanted to make this a board game with a lot of miniatures. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's like you're in a a big coliseum and you're competing with each other. But it, it seems like you're maybe I I don't know if you can directly attack each other. Probably you can, but it seems like your primary method of winning is attacking monsters and getting monsters to kill the other players, which is pretty yeah. fun. You get, uh, I think, a lot more from the monsters if you if they attack on your turn, as well as it does. I think I didn't catch it, but I think that's sort of the end game. Mm. So you know, sometimes it's like, well, I want to kill them all. Yeah, and I, like your characters can level up too and have different stats. Yeah, it's it's a neat one. I mean, we've got there's already. Well, there's the Pathfinder adventure card game, mm -hmm. and then there's there's a couple of Pathfinder board games. That, but I guess this is this is more of a, it is more of a. I wanted to say it's like a tactical miniature game, but it really is a board game. It just happens to have minis in it. <laughs> it's a it's a fine line. Look, there isn't line of sight. That to me, that's a pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about line of sight. Then it's, you don't it's need a ruler to play this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that looks fun. Uh, although yeah. you know, not as yeah. A lot of minis, expensive. And while it does say estimated November 2022, my mm. guess is actually 2023. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a safe bet. Although if they're smart, they think they'll be able to do it by August and they're saying November. <laughs> so. oh. I have yet to see a Kickstarter do that. <laughs> oh, I feel like a bunch of them you, that you, I see will, will do at least a month or two. They'll try. They'll say we're being like pessimistic or something. Oh I've, man, I've seen that that, a you've times. been lucky. I feel like most of the ones I back are usually like, yeah, this is all taking longer. And of course, I don't really care, but then you get a few well, people. Well, at this stage, though, you know, right now, the way shipping is, I just feel like you, you have to, or, well, I don't know. Anyway, whether they did or didn't, you can back it and find out in a year. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, $113. Uh, yeah. Woo. Yeah, that's a big game. That is a big game. Well, I am very glad that you talked about Pathfinder Arena because it means I get to talk about the other game on Kickstarter this week <laughs> because usually there's a whole bunch of projects. This, I guess because of Thanksgiving, they figured people aren't going to be on their computers well, as much. I'm pretty sure also once you approach the holiday season, like we're yeah. spending our money on things we need directly for the holiday. So yeah, starts to slow mm. down. Uh, but there was uh, another big one called Mindbug that I got to talk about. That's my pick this week for sure. Uh, it's called Mindbug First Contact. So I think that's the subtitle because there may be future sets, future mm. expansions. This is from co-designed by Richard Garfield. So he, it's not his idea uh, originally, but he came on board and helped design it. Richard Garfield, of course, 
who did Magic the Gathering and King of Tokyo mm-hmm. and all kinds of other games. And I, I just love this, the trajectory that his recent designs have taken. I Because I feel like his, my impression is that Richard Garfield is trying to atone for Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> so first, first Richard Garfield made Keyforge. Uh, after well, for you know, Magic and then a lot of other games. Then he made Keyforge, and Keyforge is a game like Magic. It's a competitive trading card game, but there's no deck building. You there's no rarity. There's no singles markets. You just buy a deck and you go. So really, cutting out a lot of that fluff. Mindbug is just one deck of cards. So mm-hmm. it's it's not collectible or anything. There's only one. There maybe is another add-on you can do for more cards but it's essentially one game like a traditional card game or board game format and it's still you have creatures and stuff like that you the you kind of kind of mimics the play of a magic style card game but the way it works is at the start of the game each player draws five cards to be their deck and five cards to be their hand and that's what you got (laughs) you're ready to go (laughs) there's no you don't have to buy any decks or anything like it's pared down even more from keyforge and there's no mana system or anything on your turn. You just play a card and then you can attack and you're trying to hit your opponent three times and they can block with their creatures if they have them. And the other really weird thing about this game is twice per game, each player has a power uh, to take control of their opponent's card. So mm-hmm. after you play a card, your opponent says if they want to let it go or they can use one of their two tokens and say, actually, that's mine now and they control it. So, I, and the idea I think is that, well, they say that every game, every card in this game is meant to be very powerful. There are no weak cards, but if you think something's overpowered, then you can just steal it from your opponent. Now it's yours. Hmm. I I love the idea of this game. Looking at it, I actually got excited. It looks really fun. And like I said, I, as people who listen to this know, I'm not a big magic person, but I do love Keyforge. And it almost this feels like they're like, all right, you really you really want to take all the <laughs> annoying stuff out? We're really gonna do it. <laughs> like we are gonna get you in and out in 15 minutes. There's not even multiple decks. Here's the game, uh, and I just think it sounds fun. The art in this game is amazing. Like um, when I was looking at it, I was just like immediately drawn to the hybrid animals, and they're they're <laughs> like there's a shark dog and a bee bear, and like. <laughs> It's just really fantastic art. Um, so that I think right there is going to draw people in. And the artist behind Mindbug is Dennis Martinets, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, but I love that. I think anything that has really good art is going to draw people in. And also oh, absolutely. worth noting for the game like this that it's not dragon and elf and, you know. <laughs> right. Right. It's totally outside of that. It's fantasy because it's hybrid animals that do crazy stuff, but it's it's they're more anthropomorphic, I guess, um, and have a little more humanoid characteristics to them, which is cool. Yeah. You must have glanced at this one, right, Will? Or uh, No, this is one of those times where I completely oh, really? missed this one. Oh, yeah. wow. See, I was afraid you were going to take it from me so no, I, I didn't see this one at all <laughs> I, right. I god there's something else i can't remember that's something similar i love the idea of the shared deck mm. yeah because i think there's something to it when you have to like agree on what to play with mm. and I, I plus of course you know the fact that you just buy a box is always great even if i i am the one who loves magic 
<laughs> right. It's it it's always good to just be able to do and the, like you said, also I'm a big proponent of art and I love the the fact that the entire car like it's unique, but also like just the the fact that it just stands out. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine sometimes just depending on what car because they could all be strong, Jonathan, but the mind control I can imagine be like right when you play the card that would wipe out your board, like that's when I'm taking it. Right. Like it might be, it's one that's strong against your, your current state. So I just imagine you waiting like, Oh God, he has two. <laughs> yeah. It's like the mind games too of like, well, do you start with your worst cards so that, and then like bait them into wasting their steel power. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole thing about that. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool. Uh, you can get this game for about $17 us pretty cheap, uh, uh, but they do have some extra stuff, extra cards. And, uh, there is a four player mode too. I think if you have two sets, so mm. something to think about. It's mind bug. So that was mind bug snack time and pathfinder arena. We'll have links in the show notes. So you can check those out if you want and back them for yourself. Now let's move on to games that already exist and that we have been playing <laughs> with our hot little hands and table talk. I don't know if my table talk. Table talk. Table talk. All right. We're on the other side of that. It's time to talk about <laughs> games. Christina, tell me, please, in the last uh, couple weeks or so or whatever, whenever, are there games that you've been playing that you want to talk about? Yeah. So we have Harper. She's our 11 year old daughter, and she is becoming um, her own gamer, which is super exciting as a gaming parent to have a kid that wants to actually sit down and play stuff with you. She is also very much into Jurassic Park and dinosaurs and Jurassic World. She um, dressed up as a uh, velociraptor for Halloween and forced her cousin to dress up like Owen Grady from Jurassic <laughs> World. So, Oh, man. Oh, yeah. She's very into it. She so, knows who Owen Grady is. That's like a big. <laughs> oh, well, she knows that he's also Star-Lord and all those other <laughs> cool things. So yeah, um, yeah, she's a cool kid. But we recently got um, Dinosaur World in, in in delivered to us. And it came with the Dinosaur Island Roar and Write as well. And she we unboxed it and she was like, I don't know what this is but you need to teach me how to play it because it has <laughs> dinosaurs in it. <laughs> we're like, okay. We felt a little threatened um, <laughs> by our demand. So we've been playing a lot of Dinosaur Island Roar and Write, um, which is by Pandasaurus Games. And it's essentially the Roll and Write version of Dinosaur World um, that is out now or is at least attempting to get out to people now. I think Pandasaurus is definitely one of the publishers in that situation of having thought they would be able to get things into to backers' hands and then, you know, the status of what is currently happening in our shipping world is going on. So I'm not sure how many folks have actually gotten their their copies of uh, Dinosaur Island or and or Dinosaur World, but the Roar and Write is a little on the heavier side of roll and rights. Um, I, when we started playing it, I really got the vibe of Hadrian's wall. I'm not sure if you guys have mm. played that one. Haven't played it, but I, I yeah, I'm, I, I know what it is. I know it's a yeah. big thing. <laughs> it, yeah. It's definitely one of those roll and rights where you like 
oh, I have this paper and also this paper and and also this. Okay, cool. Um, but you're basically what you're doing is players are rolling dice. Um, they are acquiring the the items off of the dice, and they're typically DNA or money or abilities that you can check off on your player board. And the things that you are basically checking off on your player board are you're hiring workers that allow you to maybe spend less money when you want to activate something, or you're hiring scientists that maybe you have to spend less DNA when you want to make a dinosaur. Um, so you're checking those things off. And then you are also making dinosaurs. Um, one you have collected all of the DNA that you're wanting, and you're also building attractions inside of your park. Now, much like um, the IP that this wasn't stolen from, um, things might happen poorly in your park that, that, that could go bad, uh, dinosaurs killing people or, or whatever. Um, and so you have to really manage your threat level um, by ensuring that you're building an attractive park that people come to, but at the same time, not too dangerous because those could in turn kill people and increase your threat, which would be negative points towards you at the end of the game. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I think if you're someone that likes uh, dinosaurs or roll and rights in general, that you would really like this game. And again, it's a little heavier than your typical welcome to or, you know, entry level roll and write game that I think gamers are really going to find attractive. Yeah, I imagine you've you've played uh, the original Dinosaur Island as well. It's funny, I have not played the original Dinosaur Island. I okay. played. Um, oh, now I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, it was another game very similar to this, where you're building a park and hydrogenics. No, hydro. I'm going to think about mm, it. I wish I it'll could come help back you. to me. I, yeah. I, does it have like a darker cover with a T-Rex on yes, it? Like, yes. I know yes. of it because I have it too, but I haven't played that yet because I, we had Dinosaur Island. So we yes. played that. So it's been sitting on my shelf like, why are you playing? I'm like, I can't have the time yet. Um, if I think of the name of that other one, I'll I'll throw it in. But Dinosaur Island and or Dinosaur World, which is the new version of it, um, I liked over this Hydrogenics, that's not the name of it, um, game. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, we were, you know, we had played, well, I've played Rar and Ride and Island. I haven't played world yet, but, uh, it was just interesting to me how, how much DNA they shared. Uh, mm -hmm. whereas I, I expected, like you were saying, I, I kind of thought, Oh, it's a roll and write. It's going to be like the, the pared down version, the streamlined version. And it's really like, no, no, it's, you're getting the full experience. They're not, they spare no expense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the game. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was great because we played that first with Harper. Um, and then she was like, I, I want to learn Dinosaur World too. And I was like, okay, like she handled the Roar and Write pretty well. And again, they have very similar DNA. So I think <laughs> she'll be, ah, I think she'll be able to handle Dinosaur World also. Now I need to know how, how did she do threat wise? Oh, with the Roar and Write. Poor, 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 poor. Because, because she collected all of the velociraptors and the T-Rexes and things. And she just, she's like, oh, I, you know, they ate more people. And I'm like, oh, okay, yep. So she, she, as a gamer, she has quite not learned that balance part. She's just more excited about making an awesome park. 
I, I, I asked because we actually played this during our live stream for Extra Life with mm. my brother. And he took the mentality of, if I'm not killing people, I'm losing. <laughs> so he tried to get the most threat, as as much threat as possible. And he still ended with a positive score. Oh. <laughs> he had a lot. <laughs> he had a lot. It, <laughs> and it's amazing how this, and Dinosaur World too, because I've been playing that, and it, I may have a four-player game finished that I'm for, I need to take photos of set up outside of the studio here. But how much if some other player decides I don't care mm. about OSHA or any regulations, how that affects the <laughs> game and raises a threat for other people. And they're like, oh, wh what do I do now? He just has like five T-Rexes running around their park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, scary. if that's if that's the park he wants to live in and create, I mean, more power to him, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that makes you happy. Uh, Dinogenics, by the way. Thank, I believe. You. Thank you. Yes. yes. Great. Not hydrogenics. <laughs> that is something entirely different. Uh, Welcome yeah. to Hydro Park. <laughs> uh, for listeners, that's that's the name of the game we we're talking about. Uh, but all right, yeah. So, but yeah, I, it was. I did have a fun experience. It is fun to draw your little your little park and all that stuff. So there's there's yeah, something I, to be said for it. After saying world, I need to do island again. But one of the things I like about the Raw and Right one, I don't feel as guilty getting lots of dinosaurs. Like there's a threat thing, mm. but in world, what I've noticed is I feel like I'm allowed to have one large carnivore, one small and one herbivore. Mm. You don't mm -hmm. really go beyond that usually mm -hmm. unless, but like where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get some, t uh, some ankylosaurus, some tri triceratops. Let's throw T-Rex over there. I got the security up now. So I feel it's more, it does a better job at, at least in my view as some, uh, who loves the Jurassic series as well, of, like wanting to make the park with all the dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I found, so we've played quite a bit and some of the objectives, because in every game there's, you know, objectives that players can attempt to obtain um, <laughs> to score more points. There was some that are just so difficult that I was like, how is anyone going to get 18 security? in this game like and Oof. maybe it's a me problem but i found that some of the objectives were just really really hard yeah oh yeah and especially if you do uh when you if you try world solo mm. what they do is they get you you're given i think it was seven you draw seven from the deck that can be objectives and they have a point value to do but they're also like you should try to do it by this round to get this bonus points and then when you're oh. doing it, you're like oh god how do i i gotta complete this in one round um, oh, but that will, then I can't, and it becomes this, like, you're wondering, like, how do I do this <laughs> within the time period? Wow. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it definitely makes you kind of like figure out how to balance everything and something is bound to be overlooked for sure. It's usually security. <laughs> <laughs> just like real life. Yes, just like real life. First thing to go. What's well, two more dead people? <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've also, I see, been playing a game called Titania Ascending. I would love yeah. to learn about what that is. So it's funny. This is also a roll and rate. What is happening? I guess everything <laughs> I'm bringing today is roll and rates. Um, this is it. This is an interesting one because it's a cooperative roll and write game from XYZ Game Labs, um, and it 
has kind of what Will you were talking about, how there's that there's potential for the decisions that you make when you're putting things on your board could be detrimental. Um, and how the game works is it's played in two phases. In the first phase, cards are being flipped up that show your standard polyomino shape. And the group has to decide which shape everybody's going to draw on their individual boards. And when you draw shapes on your boards, you're covering up icons. Um, the, the theme behind it is um, mystical fae, and you're trying to uh, secure the phase to be able to help protect the realm. Um, that's a really short version of, of the theme here. <laughs> but the the decisions the group makes together is where this game's really interesting because as the phase, as the first phase continues, obviously everyone's board starts to fill up in different ways because everybody's putting these shapes on their boards in different places and in different orientations. And so you have to meet a certain number of things before the first phase ends or the group fails basically and so if by the end of as it's getting close to the end of the first phase if we're like all right we're going to draw this shape and someone's like that shape won't fit on my board um i'm going to have to pass and the the group would fail if everybody ends up having to pass so that's interesting and what makes it a little different and in phase two you're again flipping cards to draw shapes but you you don't draw the shape you shade the shape over the stuff you've already done on your board. So phase one, you're drawing the shape on your board. Phase two, you're actually covering it up with shaded shapes um, to satisfy goals. So it's different, um, which made it interesting. And um, we, it, this, <laughs> this is one of those games that, again, it can say can play up to a really large amount of people. But Rob and I have played it a couple of different times and we have found that the sweet spot really is at like four or five folks uh, because of that cooperative element that you do have to be communicating with people and talking to people um, about what you're doing. Otherwise, the group fails. You, you sure you don't want to play at that 96 count? I don't. I, when I saw that, I was like, are you sure, guys? Like, oh, I don't know about that. I think I, the reason they put that on there is because technically you probably could play this like via Zoom or remotely kind of a game because everyone has their own boards they're drawing on. Um, I just think it'd be very, very difficult to succeed. Yeah, I just, I because I looked it up on uh, Bargain Geek. What I love is, like the the ones that we know that can go quote unquote infinite go just go to 100 that is 96 i'm like i wonder what 96 is like <laughs> those four extra people too much did not invite them yeah no <laughs> they tried it 97 broke the game yeah uh, i don't a <laughs> lot of play testing went into that to figure out that number <laughs> yeah. uh i can't think of another cooperative roll and write is there no am i just, i can't that seems like that's not that certainly not that common um, yeah, I, I it was w when this was introduced to us, I was just kind of like, oh, I haven't seen this before. Um, and so whenever that happens, I'm always like, all right, I'm I'm hooked. Like, what else you got? Um, and it just was fun. Um, I think sometimes people get nervous, for lack of a better word, with potential co-op games and the fear of like the alpha ga alpha gamer kind of mentality but in this game you really 
it didn't lend to that because you really had to be very transparent and vocal and open communicating with one another to figure out what was going to happen that alpha gamers would maybe the alpha gamers were 97 98 and 99 player count <laughs> and they were like mm, no <laughs> one guy with a megaphone yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah I, I feel I would love to try this out because I think to me, the cooperative takes th uh, things away because you don't have to feel as guilty about saying an idea or something or worrying that someone else is going to stab you in the back later on. Mm -hmm. I would love to, though, see a roll and write that's actually a shared map somehow. Ooh, mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you all have a secret hand of cards of like Tetris shapes and stuff. And you have mm -hmm. to like try to slowly fit things in. But I would love that like shared board space. And as someone like draws one shape, you're just looking because you're next and you're like, you took my spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, um, I have a little, I guess, asterisk to make. So uh -oh. the game does play in three forms. You can play it cooperative, solo and competitive. And the competitive game is where you can play up to 96 people. So okay. that, oh. that, that's, that's makes a little more sense. <laughs> makes more sense. All right. Yeah. <laughs> also the name is a little, I like it. I would never have guessed this was a roll and write. Titania mm -hmm. sending sounds like an eight hour four X game. Right. <laughs> right. Kind of scares me that title, but. <laughs> and even, even the box is very, you know, the art is beautiful. Um, but you do immediately think of a deeper, you know, fantasy realm style game. Um, but then it's a it's a flipping rate when you get down to it, um, which is you know, cool. The, the problem is, Jonathan, you're just used to having a pun in the title involving <laughs> rolling or writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to laugh when I hear that title. Uh oh, no, this is a serious. This is a serious flipping right game. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. It sounds cool. That's that's Titania Ascending. Uh, should we just uh, just stick on this subject? And will you want to talk about your time playing some cartographers recently? Yeah, uh, I had a a friend who I've not seen in a long time over, and we were waiting on some before we head out there. And I'm like, we'll do cartographers. That should be quick enough time. We went a little over, but it wasn't too bad. The big thing of it is I've been playing so much solo games, particularly of cartographers. Mm. I forgot how mean monsters could be because oh. <laughs> in the solo game, like I did a Twitch stream showing off all the new expansion stuff. You just sort of go around the outside and see you can place it. And usually it's like, it's one like, oh, I can plan around that. He takes my like monster, like, and we were playing skill cards that let you like uh, weaken the monsters. Still mm. place right in the place, like kill the scorecard for me. <laughs> and I didn't say it. We're just back and forth. And like, we're just like, oh, you, you, you killed me well. And the same thing. It's just, it's amazing. And how much it reminded me why I love Kotaku is because it really does add that. The monster cards, just such a crazy element. Mm -hmm. You draw those in on other people's boards and they just look at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should for anyone who listening, who doesn't know cartographers, it's a, uh, Right, uh, a roll and write. Yeah, where you get uh, another one where you get shapes and add them to your map. But sometimes there's a monster, and you you add the monsters. You actually draw the shapes in someone else's board, so you can like ruin their mm -hmm. strategy and mess things up. Uh, yeah. And I assume so you've been playing with the heroes expansion. Yes, right? that was with the yeah. heroes. So even with the heroes, you know, taking them out. The thing is, like, when you draw those monsters, a lot of the scorings could be things like we had longest uninterrupted column of forests. Mm. Or like a uh, a bridging of this, so like you start this forest line, but then the monster card comes out, 
And they're like, oh, I think this monster would like to be right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it, it's just really great fun. And of course, uh, the the version I got with with the heroes came with colored pencils too. Oh, so cool. you had these cute colored maps. And in the end, I lost by like two points. Oh, <laughs> it was so close. <laughs> That's the best but, kind of like, a game. Yeah, no, it is. It's just so fun, too, because we kept saying like at the end that you score, like, what do you have? 32. What did you get? 30. And we're like, <gasps> and, th- and then you recount, right? Just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's that close, you got to recount mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It, it just reminded me why I loved cartographers. Like it's, it's a fun solo game, but really the multiplayer is where to me it shines or stands above the other rolling rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay. just the, the shenanigans, shenanigans you can pull. I'll be honest. When I looked up, I was looking at Titania ascending and I briefly saw an image of the mat and I thought, oh, they're showing me the wrong thing. That's cartographers. Mm. <laughs> but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Titania ascending. But so it seems like that would be a good, a good double feature, maybe those those two games right there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, I would love to do a just a roll and write day or night because I feel like those games can go back to back. They're almost designed to. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of them. They yeah. don't, or, they're not, it's, it's not doing back to back Twilight Imperium. No, no. And, and, and that's what makes them fun is that you can get six, seven games in if that's the only thing you play, right? All night. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. but that makes me feel like fulfilled with the, with these kinds of games because a lot of times they are filler games. Like, oh, we've got an hour here. We're waiting for the rest of our group to show up. Let's play a real quick round of cartographers. And it's like, and then when you do that, you're like, oh, but that's just such a good game. Let's just play that all night. And so I, <laughs> I like that idea of like just continuously playing these games oh, over and over again. There's nothing that makes me feel better when I take a game I'm playing and everyone's like, hey, well, let's play it again. I'm like, oh, thank God they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then there's nothing worse. And they're like, and when I'm like, oh, you want to just do one more? And everyone else is like, no. Well. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I know, Will, you were also played some Dune Imperium. Yeah, that's, uh, this was a three, uh, the Dune Imperium is the, there's so many Dune games out right now. This one, I definitely got to make sure I clarify. <laughs> uh, it is based more on the movie in terms of style. It is a deck building game with some worker placement and area control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, you play as members of the houses. You don't play as the actual house. So multiple people can be the different houses, which I can't remember all the names of right now, but you are working to obviously have control over the planet, gather resources and be the first to score 10 victory points ends the game. And there are a couple ways you can score victory points after that. Not many. Mm-hmm. And this is one we have played before, Jonathan, you and I against each other. But this is my first not head-to-head version. Mm. And Mm. it becomes very interesting when just the – there weren't deals made per se, but it was obvious someone would be like, you know he's going for that. Uh. And someone would be like, you're right. I should – and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also played with the um, oh god I can't remember his name in the movie he's he is the head the, I think he's the called the Baron sure that sounds right uh, Baron Harkonnen <laughs> yeah the the big very villainous obvious villainous guy yeah uh, he was the like he's one of the two most advanced ones they suggest and his whole idea was when you deploy uh, four more troops into the one area you fight over. Mm. 
you get uh, to reveal a, a secret tile you uh, you chose at the beginning and go up for free in a faction. So at first, everyone was like, oh, what did Will choose? Then they did not care. They're just like, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to win the battle. <laughs> uh, so did you win? I did not. Uh, it, the thing is, I am... I'm not the best when it comes to things involving deploying troops and area control. And I sort of let that slide a bit in the last battles while they sort of built up. And next thing you know, they kept getting the spaces of like deploy five troops, deploy five troops. Mm -hmm. So they were winning every battle at the end. And they actually, we actually miscalculated because the guy's like, oh, I, I'm not, we'll have one more round, which I might have been able to pull from them. Mm -hmm. Like I, I looked at my hand too next to him, like, oh, that was a good hand. <laughs> but. He accidentally like, oh wait, I got one victory point when I bought this, and they're like, oh wait, he had ten, <laughs> and that brought the game to an end. Which I do like this sort of like it's less of most victory points; it's really a race. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. with some ways over it. It is a great deck building game in and of itself because it has all the other elements. You know, it's not your basic deck building. It's great for anyone who definitely has the uh, a bit more of the competitive, and it's not just that solo game to it. Mm. Yeah, uh, I I found that when because I really like this game a lot. It, it is really good. Yeah, it's really good, and it's definitely the more you play it, the more it reveals itself as a race game. Like just trying to trying to get there first. Um, but it is also every time I've played, it's always like one round short of what you need it to be. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, uh, no, I just. I Oh, I needed one more round and then it would have been perfect. Oh no. Like I built up troops before their big fight that the end of the game, I was like, all right, next one will be the one that I would take the win. <laughs> and then my hand also had like all my attack cards. It had a, mm. the, uh, Ben and Jesuit card that let me take one from the discard pile, which let me take the one that if you played another Ben and Jesuit, they have to discard cards. Like this was, that was going to be the, my combo turn. But like that—that's what happens. Like you just think you're okay. You're one more turn, but mm -hmm. you, you, I, you lose focus on something. I lose focus on the troop battle. That's usually my big weakness. Now the real question is: Now that you've watched the Dune film, did this? Did you find this game more immersive and entertaining for you? It, it was interesting to be like, oh, I recognize that person now. I know who Duncan Idaho is, <laughs> you know, things like that and who's playing them. But then there's, there are people in there who we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, they have people from who are, are only in yep. part two or maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, really. And one of the people I played with has read the book. He's like, I don't even think this guy's in the first Dune book. Like one of the playable characters or he could not remember. Now I'm thinking mm -hmm. they must've been a deleted scene or something though. Cause they hadn't even like filmed, they haven't filmed part two yet. So where would they get the source for the illustration? If there wasn't an actor already, maybe they have people in mind. Like it's their general concept. Like I'm sure even if they haven't filmed two, they're like, we're looking for someone who looks like this. Mm. So, you th huh? I wonder, I'm now I'm curious. I, Cause I would think they would definitely be, for like, I don't know, just for consistency. Or maybe it spoils who, maybe you could actually be like, I know who that, that actress or actress is. <laughs> maybe they just have uh, a, yeah, maybe they were a background character or something. <laughs> all, uh, it was funny at the end, both the, apparently uh, they, the two people I played with decided that the, the people we didn't play with powers were overpowered. Mm. They're like, they read the other, like, wow, this is amazing. If I played with this, it'd be, I'm like. I don't think the player, the player powers are that significant. I mean, they're decent, but really, the grass. At is least that's how greener. I feel. I, I, that's one of the things too. I don't feel like, for example, DC deck building game. 
certain character powers are significantly better. I don't feel like that here because you don't trigger them that often. Mm-hmm. It's really the Imperial ring. Yeah. You know. Well, and I'm I'm horrible at deck building games just because I have a really my brain doesn't work in the the, the method of like comboing things well. Um, but I still, with that said, I still really enjoyed playing it. Um, so I felt it was challenging enough, um, but I wasn't defeated every time I played the game because I feel like if I'm playing with people that are really good at comboing and really good at deck building and I get washed every time, I'm kind of like, well, I'm good. I don't need to keep playing this <laughs> game. I'm embarrassing myself. Um, <laughs> But I, I felt competitive in it, um, which I don't know if that speaks to the game design of like just it balancing really well so that there isn't a runaway. Because I every time we've played, we've never felt that someone was like clearly going to be the one to take the game. It was always very, very close. I definitely think it's the game design as mm-hmm. someone who Jonathan definitely looks at me angry when I he's like, are you about to do some stupid combo thing? <laughs> it, it what it does. Well, first of all, the drink, cards, call me back in 10 minutes when you're done. I don't, I don't think the cards are, are are the cards are well designed that I don't think you it's very hard to get that combo turn. Like I said, mm-hmm. I had the perfect hand to get that, uh, the, which I didn't get to use. But if I just focus on death building, I'm not going to win. I think that's what it does too. You mm-hmm. have to, there's a lot of elements you have to take into part and you need to like maybe give and take here, which I failed a bit much there, but like it, it like you said, it, because that you tend to stay close mm-hmm. and because it's so hard to get points, it's usually easier to keep that person in check. Right. Right. So yeah, I think that's what it does. Well, it's a deck builder that brings enough other elements in. It's not too confusing. So I don't need to learn, 500 different things, but you, everyone can usually feel competitive unless you do something like I did in a different game on Relay, but where people are online, like you shouldn't be doing that. You're playing so badly that that shouldn't even come up. <laughs> yeah. It's a good game. People like it. <laughs> it's it got, good. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have to sell anybody on it. I think it's, 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 it's done very well, which is encouraging. Uh, that's, and that's Dune Imperium. If anyone doesn't know, if you're looking for a Dune game, there are several now. <laughs> That's oh, probably yeah, whatever if you're <laughs> if you want to go all in area control, if you want the hidden traitor. I'm just shocked at how they're just like apparently that when they had the Dune movie license, they're like, all right, get me every board game publisher out there. <laughs> the shot it is, approach. Yeah, it is weird that it's like you don't see it at all, and then it's just inundated everywhere. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. was there like a meeting I wasn't invited to where like <laughs> everybody got the pitch at the same time? Somebody at Warner Brothers is like, we're, we're paying how much for this weird space movie? We need to get some merchandise, mm-hmm. <laughs> move it as much as you can. Um, yeah, but uh, it's a good game. Why, let's Speaking of uh, things adapted from other things. Let's talk about like the biggest thing we've really played in the past week, I think, which is the Elder Scrolls five colon Skyrim, <laughs> the adventure game. That's the full title, uh, which is on game found right now. In fact, we've talked about it before in our Kickstarter, Pickstarter section, but uh, now Will and I actually had the chance to play a digital the version in the tabletop simulator mod uh, with um, uh Chris Birch from Modifius. So he, he like firsthand got to, he taught us the game. <laughs> he walked us through it. So that was good. And this is of course, based on Skyrim, the video game, it is cooperative. And essentially you are all different characters of different uh, races. 
and you are walking around this map trying to complete quests and sometimes you will go into combat which involves dice rolling you get gear and equipment you have various uh, stats that you can use maybe you're a magic user uh, maybe you're good at sneaking maybe you're just good at attacking and you're trying to complete certain quests you have one real main quest it's like a multi-part thing and then you can also get individual quests that you can do you're gathering resources to help you do them you're leveling up there's a lot of stuff in here just like skyrim it kind of feels like a big sprawling our open world rpg mm. experience mm. and i th it was very different from what i was expecting I, you know i had looked at the page and kind of glanced at uh, what it was like but what i found interesting is i think the game it kind of on the surface reminded me a lot of uh was tales of the arabian nights i don't know if this uh if you got this impression well at all but um which is a basically a storytelling a game where you walk around a map trying to complete quests and then you pick answers out of a book and this kind of felt like that mode to me you also get skills that will make those things better as you level up you can kind of spec your character out in different different skills of lock picking or sneaking or lock picking is a tool but you know all kinds of different rpg stats um but of course there is also combat in this one uh, but I, 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 as someone who does not have any familiarity with Skyrim, really whatsoever, oh. I don't. I have never touched a Skyrim video game. <laughs> I've played a little bit of other Elder Scrolls games, but that like hardly anything. I did enjoy my time with this one, and I, I was, I found it to be much less. I thought it was going to be much more Euroy and much more crunchy and mathy <laughs> and it really felt more like no no this is the western rpg we're doing the we're doing that open world thing where you're going on an adventure uh, also kind of a little bit like one of my favorite board games firefly in mm. that in firefly there's a when you're playing with other players that you're you're competing and you're racing to complete your goals but theoretically if nobody wants to complete their last goal you could kind of just play forever and deck out your ship and hire people and do jobs and just have fun. And that's the same thing in this game. You could, he was saying like you, he's been playing one chapter of the game for like 10 hours or something and you could finish it in two, but if you don't want to, you can just keep doing side quests. Huh. So uh, that's interesting. I don't know how that'll work in practice in a uh, cooperative game. I don't know when, how you decide, like when do we stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there is a timer that can force you to stop, but as long as you can manage it, that's well, true. You can that's go on true. Forever. Yeah. Uh, but what did you think? Well, did you, you enjoyed? I I am surprised because I remember even thinking like, yeah, mostly because if you, uh, I kept uh, it's very bad luck on some rolls for a while. <laughs> you can but by the way I, watch our playthrough; it's on our YouTube channel right now. <laughs> it, I was thinking like what you said. I was like, because I thought like how in um you know Arabian Nights. Mm. you like so you just have you make the bad choice and you have some weird thing happen to you yeah <laughs> and yeah i was getting that sort of similar thing too i mean i felt like there's a bit more control yeah i guess yeah there's certainly more Even though, yeah, right after i said i had some bad roles but it it felt like it was making a bit more decisions and like uh you know jonathan i also and uh, significantly lacking in the uh, Skyrim's Skyrim Skyrim's. Why did I? Wow. Skyrim's. Uh, 
Skyrims. Multiple rims. <laughs> That's there the are many Skyrims. Uh, I, I like that it actually doesn't try to just be the Skyrim game in terms of like you're playing as your same protagonist. It's actually a prequel. To me, that was something that's really nice because it's then new for everyone. And isn't it's less of the joke of like, where are they going to put Skyrim next? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's some neat stuff there. Christina, you ever are you a video game person at all? You got any Skyrim experience? I am. I played through all the Skyrims uh, video games. <laughs> so that all I'm right. that other person that's like, Perfect. I'm I'm the, the video game Skyrim person that I'd be worried about like how different is this from the video game because I've played that and I was that person that was like I'm just gonna play this all day not get to my main goal and just do all the side quests right and really explore everything that the game Mm -hmm. has to offer so I like that that that's in the actual board game um that's a neat element yeah but yeah um, so I'm I'm intrigued by this. Um, I tend not to be attracted to games that are based off of IP from video games. So um, Fallout, I was all into that as well. And, you know, they came out with the Fallout game. I didn't even really look at it because I was just I was so married to the video game. Right. Yeah, I, I tried that as someone who loves the Fallout series mm. and. I'm tempted because they made the cooperative one, but with the competitive elements, I was, I was like, I'm not, this is not what I play Fallout for. Mm-hmm, right. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, so no, I haven't played the board game um, of Skyrim, but I'd be open to it. I, I think I like the, you know, sometimes when we have those like sandbox kind of games where you really have the freedom to do what what you want with what's in front of you, um, there is, that's, enticing to me um so i would play it for sure yeah i think as a skyrim fan you would enjoy it although there is sometimes a risk of you go too far in in the direction of being a good adaptation and it's like well mm. it, why wouldn't i just play the video game if right, i want to play this right. but i think the thing that maybe makes this a little different is the cooperative element if you are playing with other people uh, there is something fun about working together on those quests mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which unless maybe there's mods, but I don't think that's a thing you can do. And well, I guess Elder Scrolls Online, that's what you do. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so yes, yeah, Skyrim, the adventure game, it's still on GameFound for like another couple of weeks. So something to check out or watch our playthrough if you're curious about it. Uh, we also played some stuff on Board Game Arena uh, as with some of our patrons on Patreon. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's anything that's super special or new that we need to discuss on the show but we played a few games we played some hanabi we played some uh what else did we play Emotep uh, for the first time Emotep we tried for the mm-hmm. first time on board game arena and also some king domino uh christina do you ever do board game arena um i play a ton of six nymphed on board game arena mm. that's kind of like my lunch break i need to get some games in really quick so i do that on board game arena I tend to get invited to play a lot of games. Um, uh, what's the term where everybody takes their turn and then it goes oh, to the like, next oh, player? Asynchronous? I yes. Think? Yes. I'm probably the worst person to play like that on BGA <laughs> because I'm the person where everyone's like, 
it's been your turn for like four days. Like you need <laughs> to take your turn. So I don't tend to play games like that um, where people are relying on me. I, I'll do the quick um, solo games on VGA. But, you know, we we tap into the Tabletopia and TTS a lot too. Yeah, yeah. We've been uh, we've been enjoying the board game arena. I still haven't. Just like every few months, I I when we're gonna play, I sign up for the five bucks for the premium edition <laughs> to be able to play mm-hmm. everything. And it's like, yeah, pretty good selection. I like all the options they have. Usually, it's it is a nice little website. So it's it's I'm I'm always kind of impressed by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was interesting. I, I will say it was interesting. We played Hanabi, and in the in their version of hanabi when they when you get clues normally when you play real hanabi someone if you're holding a hand of cards you can't see someone will say these two cards are red and in mm-hmm. real life you just have to remember that and in this version a little thing popped up so you would always know that somebody told you those are red oh that's helpful <laughs> yeah it really it almost i mean we still didn't do that well uh but, well we did we don't okay we did fine i thought we did all right yeah we did fine but i was gonna say like it, it almost i think i think if you were like really like if you were experienced with hanabi that would just make the game way too easy like if you just if you were someone who like plays hanabi every week or something mm. that could almost it almost goes against the spirit of the game but it right. was kind of nice for like a casual play to just not have to be stressed about that so that was interesting. All right. So that's a lot of the stuff that we have been playing lately. We are going to close the show out. I'm very excited because this week I have something for you. We're going to play a board game game. That's right. I hope you're excited for this, everybody. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I have got a game this week that is called Thankful. I didn't really have a name for it, to be honest with you. That's what it's <laughs> called thankful now, though. And uh, it's called it's called thankful. And, you know, at Thanksgiving time, it's nice to go around and say what you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. And the way this game works is I have come up with a series of clues that are phrased in a format as something you might be thankful for while playing a particular game. Uh, And there also is some Thanksgiving theming in there. So I'm going to read this clue, which will be in the format of I am thankful that blank. And it's up to the two of you, Christina and Will, to guess what the correct game that I'm referring to is. Okay, so our answers should be an actual board game. Yes, an actual real board game. And these are all, it's nothing obscure. Uh, they're also, you say that (laughs) I know, (laughs) (laughs) I promise they're not obscure. Uh, it's possible one or two of these. I don't know. Some of my clues might apply to multiple games. And if you, if you have an argument for it, I'll give you a half credit. Uh, (laughs) now I just imagine we're going to say when you'll be like, yes, that's (laughs) what it was. That's what it was. So, uh, feel free. No need to just, just shout out your answer or your guesses. Uh, Yeah. Just, you know what? You get as many guesses as you want until somebody gets it. Monopoly. <laughs> and uh, that really could be one of them. So, you know, you don't, you never know. I, sometimes I go with the classics, so to speak. And uh, whoever gets the most points, you know, at the end will win. All right, here we go. Okay. So some, some of these, I mean, I might, maybe I always think this, but I actually think some of these are pretty easy. <laughs> so this might, some of these might be more about your speed of yelling <laughs> than your knowledge of board games. We're going to see. I could be wrong because I wrote them. So I'm biased. All right. First clue. I am thankful 
that I was able to feed my entire family with this bountiful meal. Agricola? Will's got it. It's Agricola. See, I told you. I told you. Well, well, that one's not fair. We almost have like a joke about how someone doesn't feed their family in that game. It's fair. It's fair. We all know Agricola. Come on. Don't worry. You you won. Don't accuse me of being unfair. Don't you want your point? (laughs) All right. They're going to get harder. We'll see. Oh, 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 good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Second clue. I am thankful that Washington didn't come up just now. Ticket to ride. Not ticket to ride. Duh. Washington didn't. Good guess. Uh, thankful that Washington didn't come up right just now. I'm also thankful. Well, you'll, you'll <laughs> let me know if you need another oh, clue. Uh, pandemic. Yeah, pandemic. Oh. That is it. Yes. See, Washington Woo. is, you know, it's it's patriotic, but it's a place. Yeah. Yes. All right. Good work. Good work. All right. Now we're rolling. Now we're cooking. Okay. I am thankful that. Like when I ask someone to pass the gravy, you understood the intent behind my emphatic hand movement. This one's a bit of a head scratch. No, it is not. Good, good guess. You might get, maybe I'll give you half credit for that. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. It is a board game. Oh. You understood the intent behind my emphatic hand movement. Magic maze? It's magic maze is what I was going with. I'm going to give you half credit on that one, though. That was that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was a tough one because I wanted to say point, but you're actually not allowed to point in magic maze. Mm-hmm. You place a pawn. So you had to do a little bit of thinking. All right. I am thankful that like when my weird uncle asks me about my career path, everyone at the <laughs> table actually believed that I am who I said I am. Werewolf. Not werewolf. Uh, Avalon? Not Avalon. Resistance? <laughs> no. Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> no. You're going to get points for all of these, but this is not, <laughs> not my intention. Everyone believed that I am who I said I am. Secret Hitler? No. No. Uh-oh. What's that other space one? It's not a space one. <laughs> I stated oh. that I am someone, and it was believed. Who? It's cool. Oh. It yeah. Yeah. You know, I was going. We hit around all of them. <laughs> it, was, it really was all of them. Yeah. <laughs> really any of them. All right. Uh, I'm also thankful that you didn't purchase the fabric I was eyeing for my beautiful handmade tablecloth. Patrick. Patrick. There it is. All right. See, I told you these, some of these would go quick. I'm thankful I was able to complete my travel plans without any trouble this year. Takenoko? No, good. That's a good oh, one. Takedo. Not either of those, but but yeah, that was <laughs> tuck, I, th- I mix the two up. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. So do I. But I was uh, able to take it to ride. Yes, this one's ticket to ride. <laughs> 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 All right. I'm thankful that you just passed me this delicious roll. <laughs> Any rolling right? Mm. Nope. Nope. Here. Has nothing to do with dice. There's your clue. Thankfully, you just passed me this delicious roll. Oh, sushi go. That's right. Oh, it's that kind of a roll. There's a little pun. Oh, look at you. Well done. See, I'm also thankful that I was able to catch and eat this delicious bird. What? <laughs> wingspan? But you don't do that in wingspan. <laughs> yeah, no credit for wingspan. In our version, you do. <laughs> but there is um, a game where you could 
catch and eat a delicious bird. Like a chicken, something chicken. Or a, or at <laughs> least something can that can fish. fly. How do you eat a bird? <laughs> something with the power of flight. I have, oh my gosh, I'm bar- drawing like a huge, I'm trying to like go through my Rolodex of like bird games. <laughs> All right. Magic the Gathering with cards with devour. <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope, no guesses. We give up. Ah, that's a hard one. All right. The answer was evolution, oh. uh, especially with the uh, with the flight expansion. <laughs> gotcha. But the, yeah. yeah. All right. Couple left. I'm thankful that three of my options were delicious foods. Mm. <laughs> this one's. Uh, this one's. Why do uh, you say three? Yeah. Right. It'd be great if four of them were foods. Even two, I would be happy with, but. To get three th- that are foods, that's a that's a gimme. Okay, I feel like this is a worker placement game. <laughs> if, I feel like it's drafting, but I already said sushi go. Uh, it has food. <laughs> three of my options are delicious foods. Where do I want food in a game? What Euro game? Donuts for donuts. Donuts for donuts. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it'd be great if they just shared anything in common, really. Mm. But the fact that there are three foods makes it even easier. I feel like I get really angry because it's something we probably. Oh, God, oh is it like um, set collecting? Oh, what was that fruit game? That's yeah, no. not a fruit game. Uh, Hi-ho, Cheerio. No. <laughs> veggie game? <laughs> no. Man, this is another stumper. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the Artoke one? Kind of feel bad on two stumpers in a row. This one. This one's a little... I mean, I worded it pretty obscurely, <laughs> I'll admit. Uh, the answer I was going for was code names. If three of your oh. cards are foods, oh. it's an easy clue. Yeah. Okay. All right, last one. I'm thankful that I can finally buy this game without having to wait for a Black Friday sale. Oh, that's... Mm. Um, is it unfathomable? <laughs> what, was, we, what was your I answer? Unfathomable. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I said Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll accept. I'll accept you. Like we went to with <laughs> games that are actually hard to find. I went with the replacement for one, and you went for one that's just huge. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking expensive. Like you can't buy it right out. You have to wait for a sale. Yeah, I was thinking that Battlestar now is is horribly pricey. So that's yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah. give you both half half credit. I I mean, there's there's a number of them that you could put in there. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking any restoration games uh, title could probably uh. qualify for that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's some good ones. All right, we got fi- one bonus question. Final bonus Ooh. question. This one is going to break from the format. Okay. But the question is this: What is the wild turkey's ability in Wingspan? Oh, it's a trick question. Doesn't have one. Uh, y- yes, Ooh. you nailed it. Correct. <gasps> it was a there's trick. There's no question. wild turkey. <laughs> there is no. There is. It ha- it's only points. It's just oh. a very valuable card. I know this one because that's like <laughs> one of the ones I'm like, what does it do? Oh, it's just, it has a lot of meat. It's, it's Now, how it's many points sl- is it worth? I want to say eight. Oh, man, you got it on the money. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Now I got to tally up these points because I didn't, I wrote them down, but I didn't. Not, keep not as good as the uh, California Condor, but <laughs> actually, I think that one's worth zero points, but it's free to play. I feel like Will and I were very like head to head a little bit on that. 
Yeah, it looks like I think Will is the winner by a point yep. and a half. <laughs> yeah, that that wild turkey put him ahead. Yeah. It did, yes. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, six six to four point five is what I got here. Ah. People listening, maybe they can tell me if I made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> if only you're able to grab evolution or code names, but still, yeah. but still, I'm thankful, very thankful that Christina, you were here with us on this episode to play this game and have these discussions with us. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'm thankful that you invited me. Um, it's a good kickoff to uh, the holiday week. Awesome. I would love to hear that. Well, of course, in the course of this episode, you earned some experience points, and we're going to let you spend <laughs> them right now by telling everybody listening how and where they can find you and follow all your stuff online. Yeah, so we're uh, Blue Peg, Pink Peg on basically every social media platform that exists. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, website. You can email us at bluepegpinkpeg at gmail.com. I am Pig on Twitter. That is my Twitter handle. Um, and Rob is Peg. Um, at Twitter, which, you know, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Blue Peg, Pink Peg is uh, where you can find us everywhere. We are going to be at PAX Unplugged coming up in December. So if folks are there and they want to say hi, we'd love to meet people. All right. Well, we will put links to all that stuff in the show notes. Definitely. I mean, if you, you probably have, honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably also already listened to Blue Peg, Pink Peg, but uh, still give it a, give it a look if you haven't. And we will also be at PAX Unplugged. So oh, cool. We have to, um, we'll have to meet up and you. say hi. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, maybe we'll play a game of uh, uh, Titania Ascending or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> trying, to, trying to come up with one we talked about. Uh, code names. There you go. Clearly, we will win at that. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, but again, Christina, thank you very, very much. Uh, hey, listeners, if you want more Roll for Crit, I'll tell you how you can get it. You can go to rollforcrit.com. You'll find links there to our YouTube content, live streams, and other stuff. Uh, you can rate and review our podcast on iTunes, make us feel good and help us out. Or if you really like us, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash rollforcrit for weekly bonus podcast episodes and other goodies too. And if you want to submit a question or a comment or maybe an, an adventure you'd like Roland to experience at the start of our show, you can email us uh, to the address meeplegallery at gmail.com. You're joining our, our Meeple Gallery. All right. And now that's really the end of the show. So I'll, I'll really again say thank you to everybody, to all our <laughs> listeners and to Christina and, our, and Will. Thank, just thanks to everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's... it's yeah. Been a blast. Oh yeah. And now now let's get out of here. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. And this was Roll for Crit. Bye. Bye.